You're listening to The Jill Monica Show, episode number 22. Welcome to The Jill Monaco Show. I'm your host, Jill. Each week, I hope to bring you a message that inspires, encourages, or challenges you to go after and live a life you love. Join me and my friends as we explore what it means to love God, love ourselves, and love others. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Here we go. everybody. Welcome back to The Jill Bonico Show. I'm your host, Jill. And I want to tell you a little bit about what we've been doing the last few weeks. If you've missed the last few episodes, I've been talking to you about the different keys. So keys to doing things well. We've done the keys to communicating well and the keys to transition well. And in the next two episodes, I'll be continuing that theme. And today, I want to talk to you about something I think our society has a difficult time doing, but I think it's the heart of God, and that is reconciliation. So the keys to reconciliation are the things I'm going to talk to you about today, and I hope you're really blessed. You know, I looked up a definition of reconciliation, and the dictionary says it's the restoration of friendly relations or the action of making one view or belief compatible with another. Now, sometimes we can't make our beliefs compatible. It's just not going to happen. But we can come to a friendly agreement to be unified by not being against each other personally, even if we disagree on a topic. Have you ever been praying and heard something that you knew wasn't you? In those moments, I know it's God speaking. Either what I hear is way smarter than what I usually think, or it's a challenge to do something that I was afraid of doing, or it's a compliment and something I wouldn't normally say to myself. Well, one day I heard God speak to my heart. He said, Jill, you have the gift of reconciliation. Now, when that came to my mind, I'll be honest, I didn't understand it. I knew that Jesus died to reconcile us to God, but how did that translate to a gift that I had? So it got me thinking, that is what Jesus did. He resolved a conflict between God and us. Jesus came so we would no longer be separated from God because of sin. He made a way to bring us back into friendly relations with God. Now, maybe that isn't news to you, but how, again, does that translate to us in our relationships? Well, for me personally, I've always been the kind of person who is distracted to the point of immobility when there is unresolved conflict. I don't like misunderstandings or strife. Now, no one does, but I really don't like it when they linger and go unresolved. It's like I need to resolve conflict like do it immediately kind of thing, even if I have to apologize or be challenged. Now, years ago, I remember being an event with one of my bosses. We got a call from human resources on our cell phones to call them immediately. The tone was, you are in trouble. And my boss said, well, we can't call now since we're working at the conference booth, so we'll call them back at lunch. Now, it didn't bother him in the least, It bothered me a lot. When I finally was able to call HR and settle the misunderstanding, my boss said to me, you couldn't let it go, could you? And I said, no, I wanted to make sure everything was all right. 
Now, I couldn't rest until the issue was cleared up, and that's not necessarily a good thing, but it's a whole other podcast. I was thankful the misunderstanding was reconciled, and to be honest, the whole time we didn't respond, the HR guy just got more mad, so it wasn't good for his soul either. In the end, once he heard from me, it was easily cleared up. Now, the enemy would love to cause strife by something that could be easily fixed with a conversation. Let me give you another situation. A colleague was very upset with me. He didn't know I had permission from his boss to plan an event within his event. I was chewed out in front of everyone. I wanted to defend myself so and clarify so we could be restored to friendly relations. And in this case, what was best for him was hard for me. So I said, I'm here to serve you. What can I do to make this a good experience for you? Once we were back in the office, I asked if we could just talk through what happened, and I thought, well, if I explain it to him, he'll really understand. Well, this man said no, and I had to leave that misunderstanding unreconciled, and it bothered me for years that we didn't have a good relationship at work anymore. Now, I've since learned that I struggled with fear of man during that season of my life, and fear of man means you care more about what man thinks than what God thinks, and that can cause anxiety because you care more about resolving the conflict than asking God what he thinks of it. Sometimes conflict is good. It brings out something that hasn't been seen so it can be reconciled, either in you or in relationships. Man, I have grown so much from these experiences. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to share with you what I've learned about reconciling well. When there is conflict or misunderstanding, I ask God these questions before doing anything else. Number one, did I do something I need to apologize for? Number two, if God says yes, I ask for more details about what did I do? And what do I need to do to make it right? And if God says no, then I ask, do I need to do anything? And if so, what? Number three, how do you, I ask in God, God, how do you see this person? What are they afraid of? Number four, God, what do you want to say to me about this situation? Number five, what is the enemy trying to do here? Or number six, How should I respond to what you've shown me today? Now, those are just some questions that I ask God, and they don't all have to be asked, and they can be asked in a different order. But those things help me get a full understanding of what is really going on, not only in the situation, but in that person's heart, because honestly, God is the only one that really knows. So maybe you don't feel like you struggle with reconciliation in general, but you've had a season where it seems like the enemy is in full assault of your life, like things that never went wrong before are falling apart. Well, in a season when I stepped out in a greater measure of faith, I experienced more conflict. It was really uncomfortable. And now I know I mustn't be surprised The enemy knows what has stopped me or distracted me in the past, so I must be diligent to not let him get a stronghold and be committed to loving people well. Now, you may want to listen to those previous podcasts I mentioned earlier, especially number 20 on communicating well. So let's find out, has this been you? 
Have any of these things happened to you and you feel like, yeah, that's something I need to deal with? Let me give you some examples. Have you been falsely accused, maybe by friends or by enemies? Has someone talked about you behind your back? Specifically, friends tends to hurt more and they think you don't know. How about this one? Have you ever had friends struggle with something and place blame on you for how they're feeling? Or have you had some friends stop returning Facebook messages, texts, or calls? Or have you had some folks say, oh, no, no, there's nothing wrong, but they stop making an effort to spend time together? Or have some folks posted criticizing things on your Facebook wall, but they won't respond to your request to talk about it on the phone or in person or in general? When those things sound familiar, when those things have been part of your story, I want you to know that the enemy is trying to discourage reconciliation. He wants to discourage you from reaching out. Because if we reach out and reconcile ourselves to one another, then the enemy loses ground. He wants to keep us judging one another, assuming things about one another, and things like that because it's there that we're more vulnerable to his ideas. Here's what they sound like. Well, that person isn't healthy. You don't want them around you anyway. That person always has drama in their life, and you really don't need that. Well, that person just bugs you. That's discernment. That person has been in that situation for a long time, so it must be something God is dealing with in them. Now, what we're really saying when we think those things or say those things to one another is gossip, it's slander, and it's hurtful when we don't return calls or leave conflict unresolved. In the end, what we're saying to that person, maybe unintentionally, is, you aren't worth it. We say that we're setting boundaries when we're really building walls. We're to love each other because each person was worth it to Jesus. So I encourage you, if you find yourself on one end of the situation where you can reach out by a phone call or getting together in person, if you know that someone has something against you or you have something against them, Maybe it's not a conflict yet, but it's just a hard discussion you need to have. Can I encourage you, be the first and the most proactive in the situation, because that's what reflects being a son or daughter of God. Don't break a commitment. Have your say, blame, or challenge someone through email or text or Facebook, for goodness sake. When you leave a note in that way, the other person is left hanging until it can be resolved. And that's just not right, and it's hurtful. And sometimes you're the person on the receiving end of that. And my encouragement for you is to do the same thing, to not make excuses for them. Don't try and assume what you think is happening, but reach out to them and see if you can talk it through. Now, let's get back to the other part where if you are the one really avoiding someone. Now, it doesn't honor the other person when you say, you aren't worth my time. But there are 12 things you can do to reconcile well that will make the other person feel that they were worth the time that in the effort that you put in to reconcile, even if you don't agree in the end. Number one, ask God what he sees. God may show you that this person is hurting and that's why they're acting strangely or depressed, irritating, or for some people, even overly joyful in the midst of conflict. 
or God may show you something ugly about how you're responding. Number two, ask God what he wants you to say. This one always surprises me. When I'm left to my own ideas, I fall short of handling it in a way that brings a resolution. God knows what's in the other person's heart, and his ideas are always best. And let me tell you, they never fail. Number three, ask God if he will show you what purpose this conflict has in your life. God may show you that this is an area he wants to grow you in so he can trust you with more responsibility. If you can't reconcile the small stuff, how can you carry the weight of more, whether it's at work or in potential ministry? Maybe you're in the right, but the situation is meant to grow you in compassion, love, or integrity. Number four, don't let a lot of time go by before making contact or responding. We're never too busy to set up a time to talk. You may not be able to meet right away, but you are able to respond in a timely manner. So if you forget, then when you do contact them, let them know you're sorry for the delayed response. And remember, every day that goes by is a day the enemy has an open door to twist the truth and break down the reconciliation process. That doesn't always mean you have to work something out right away, but it does mean you get it on the calendar right away. I recommend responding to emails or messages within 24 hours with some sort of response, even if it says, hey, I got your email and I need a data process. Number five, let them hear your voice and tone by calling or even better, meeting in person. Have you ever heard that more is said in body language than what is said by words? Most things can be resolved when a gentle tone and a listening ear are made available. Even if you can't do it in person, I just really encourage you at least do it over the phone. Take time to listen and respond, not react. Ask a lot of questions or use active listening like, what I'm hearing you say is, is that correct? Or what can I do to make this better? Avoid long-winded lectures and advice, and need I say again, do not email. Number six, share how the situation has caused you to feel or even act. Take responsibility for your reactions, and don't blame them for how you feel, your circumstances, or how you've responded. That's your deal, not theirs. Don't tell them what they need to do to make you okay. By vulnerably sharing how it affected you, they should automatically get the idea to not do it again. But even if they do, it may show you the way you are in relationship with them needs to change. And that's more along the lines of boundaries and a whole other podcast. Number seven, sometimes you're the one that has to take the first step and not leave with the last word. If you think the conflict is their fault, you may need to ask to hear their thoughts on the situation before accusing them of anything. Offer up the idea that the enemy may be messing with you, and you want to know if you're perceiving it right or not. Even if it doesn't end well, do your best to be at peace with that person. Number eight, love them in the way they would want to be loved, not what makes you the most comfortable. Philippians 2.4 says, think of others more highly than yourselves. That means handling reconciliation in a way that makes them feel loved, that makes them feel secure. If that love is not returned, that's okay, 
because love means to not control someone else's response. Number nine, if you come to a place where both parties are sorry, extend forgiveness fully by making sure they know it's okay and not just saying you're sorry or you're forgiven. What you can do to let them know they're forgiven, something beyond their words, more of an action, and not just that day, because sometimes people have what um, Brene Brown calls vulnerability hangover the next day, and you want to be sure that you can reassure them as time goes on that everything is still okay. Of course, it depends on the magnitude of the disagreement, but that's just a free tip for you. I know that humility will heal way more than winning a debate. Number 10. No matter the outcome, if they reconcile with you or don't, do your best and then walk in peace. Scripture says, as far as it concerns you, be at peace with everyone. It doesn't say as far as it concerns everyone, as far as it concerns you. Number 11. Now this part is important. Keep the conversation to yourself. Don't share the conflict or even the resolution with anyone else without the permission of the other person. If you made them look bad already, then you need to go back to those people and fix it. Don't allow others to think badly of anyone else, especially if you have said something that you didn't understand. And now that you have full understanding the situation, you can make it right. And number 12, rejoice. It's simple. Just praise God for how he worked in and through you. The enemy does not want to hear that you are joyful through this. It's like sealing the deal. Without your rejoicing, it's too easy for the enemy to bring back all the things he thinks. And it often sounds like, oh, I wish I would have said that in our conversation. So just let it go and praise God. Reconciliation is a gift. Because without it, I'd be either handling conflict in my own strength or not handling it at all. As all gifts are responsibilities, I know that I'm called to steward it well. It's a burden on my heart, so unreconciled things will probably continue to bother me. And the moment it doesn't bother me, I think I've lost my way of the gospel. I carry the gospel of peace. I am the feet that brings good news. I long to see the broken restored. I have the ministry of reconciliation. And you have it too. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Jill Monaco Show. If you know someone that might be blessed by this episode, would you please share it with them on your social media? Now, be sure not to share it with the person you think needs it because you have something to prove. But you can tag me at Jill Monaco so I can continue the conversation with you over there. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast or leave a review. It really helps others who have never heard about my show find it. And you can learn more about my ministry by visiting my website at jillmonaco.com. Well, thanks for tuning in today, my friends, and remember, love well, you were made for it.